Welcome once again to another episode of the Random Access Podcast, brought to you by RAPodcast.net. This is episode 191, recorded live on Saturday, February 5th, 2011. And here are your hosts, the man who got to stay home with snow days because of the quote-unquote snowpocalypse, Dave Play. Hey! And the man who was racing the quote-unquote snowpocalypse home, Andy Lowe. Hi. Oh, that's right, you were driving back from Iowa. <laughs> Yep. I didn't even think about that. How was your drive, Andy? It was not bad. I, um, well, I was concerned about having the car break down while I was on the road by myself. Mm-hmm. So I checked baggage. Because it turns out you cannot take tools on a carry-on that are longer than seven inches. Okay. Which, if you look at most hand tools that you would use. They are certainly longer than seven inches. Yes. So I, uh, checked a bag. Okay. You flew, right? Yes. Yeah. I flew from Detroit to actually from Detroit back to Detroit because halfway there our um, engine had a problem. Mm-hmm. So we had to turn around and land back in Detroit and then I had to try and catch a next flight out of Detroit to Atlanta. And then the, my flight, my plane was supposed to leave Atlanta at 1110 and the other plane was supposed to arrive at 1120, the new flight. So then I had to re- run from one side of Atlanta's airport to the other. To try and get to the yeah. other flight. Yep. Which You're getting very experienced at that. Yeah, I missed it this time, though. Oh. We landed on time. Either plane got delayed, but they closed the door 10 minutes beforehand, and I got there at, like, 11.22, so I missed it. That's too bad. So I just spent three hours in Atlanta's airport. There could be worse places. Yeah. Turns out trying to find something in the airport that has a Coca-Cola name on it is impossible. Really? Yeah. I went to all the shops that were selling t-shirts and such. And nobody had anything that was Coca-Cola labeled. Was there a bottle of Coke? Oh, yeah. Every single restaurant was selling Coke, except I found a Cordoba's that was selling Pepsi. But no one was selling Coke paraphernalia. Nope. Huh. But you'd think Atlanta. Yeah, it's the Coca-Cola factory. Yeah, but nope. So Maybe I got they to... want you to go to the Coca-Cola factory. Yes, but when I'm in the airport, I don't want to leave security and then have to go through security again. Yeah. So then I or, flew or from... The airport is kind of that no man's land of you're there, but you're not really there. Yes. You're literally in transit. Right. But like, you know, your layover in Atlanta, you were there, but you weren't really in Atlanta. You were just in the airport. There's yeah. a difference. Yes. So you get out of the airport. You, I, you I catch your next flight. to Wichita, which if you look at a map, that's two sides of a triangle. But that was the cheapest flight. Yep. Well, Andy, any three non-linear points are going to be two sides of a triangle. You have an excellent point there, Dave. Thank you. Having just taught geometry. <laughs> we took a plane that I think only had about 50 seats in it between Atlanta and Wichita. Yeah. Which, Tiny mind you, was the actually the nicest part of my flight. Was it a propeller plane or was no, it still a jet? No, it was still a jet. The propeller plane only has 32 seats, according mm. to the little thing in front of the it's seat. Slight, yeah, those are always entertaining. But yeah, I still actually had to check my carry-on bag because it was too big for the tiny plane. Oh, They're like, we're going to have failure. to check that. I'm like, really? The, this? Yep, it, yep, but they didn't charge you for it. No. So there you go. And well, we left Atlanta, which was about 78 degrees. All of us pull into Wichita, and it's 30-something, and we're all sitting there in the jetway, which is he did waiting for our bags to show up and we're all standing oh. there in the cold going oh why didn't we bring a coat but we put it in our carry-on because we could have it and the carry-on's not here anymore oh it was fun i picked up the car absolutely no problems with the car for the entire trip back drove through I'm kansas for the proverbial second shoe but go ahead there was no second shoe it was just the car was fine yeah the car was perfectly fine the cruise control even started working oh my god there's times where i forget how nice cruise control is wow yeah there were no other problems the entire time i stopped in des moines because at that point it was two o'clock in the morning and i needed to stop because my plane out of detroit was at six something so i had to be at the airport about 24 hours yeah 
And then I just drove the rest of the way home. Cool. No problems in Chicago. Got home just enough time to uh, hit to curling that night and came home. And then the next day I drove to Ann Arbor, dropped it off at my parents' house and then drove my car back. Very nice. Yep. Got cool. in about five o'clock right before the blizzard warning was supposed to happen. Yep. I thought your, your blizzard warning was before five. Nope. Our blizzard warning for Kalamazoo County was supposed to start at 5, 5 p.m. Oh, yeah. I started at seven. That's right. Yes. Which for being a snowpocalypse. Pretty tame. That, yeah. Pretty tame. That's a, it, that might be the case out there. Out here, I was driving home from work at like 7, 38 o'clock, which is right when the storm was starting to hit. And that was by far the worst snowstorm I've ever had to drive in. In fact, it is the worst snowstorm I can remember since I got my driver's license. Okay. So when the storm was actually happening, it probably was a snowpocalypse. Yeah. I don't know what it was out there. It was bad out here. Did you see the uh, pictures of Lakeshore Drive in Chicago? No. Well, there was a bunch of people who were driving on Lakeshore Drive and it got shut down because of the snow drifts. And oh, so God. the Chicago Department of Transportation and the police and everybody were using snowmobiles to get people out of their cars. Oh, oh, and so they yeah. just left the cars there and then they towed them all off of Lakeshore Drive to open it back up again. And they actually posted a website online. Like they said, <laughs> here's where your car is. They gave a thing saying, okay, we'll pay for the bus transport to the lot. We'll actually give you enough gas to get to the nearest gas station if you ran out of gas. Well, that's very nice of Chicago. I know. And then I see New York where it was just chaos the last time. Yeah. Like, oh, let's see. One city is used to this. Which one do you think that is? It's a tough one. Yeah. But I was kind of surprised that Grand Rapids over here got three days off of school. I got two because we have a lot of back roads and dirt roads. That's why Grand Rapids got its third day off was they um, they still hadn't finished the sweep of the streets to get them yep. all cleared and the sidewalks yep. and such. So they said, OK, we'll just give them Friday off. That will give us Friday, Saturday and Sunday. Sunday. Yep. The, the, my dad has always told me, and I never really understood it, about the kind of snow you want. I'd always thought you want, like, the really heavy snow that's hard to get off your car. It's out there. It's coming down really fast. And that's not what you want if you want to cancel school. You want exactly what we got, which was this really light, fluffy, kind of dusty snow. But it just clings to everything and starts piling up. It blows around. Yeah. I watched a snowplow go through. I was at a drive-thru. I was turning in. I saw a snowplow go through. By the time I got out of the drive-thru, you couldn't tell that the snowplow had been there because it was just all blowing around. So they couldn't keep up with the snow. No. But I still don't understand that some people who literally got stuck on Lakeshore Drive. It's it, Well, when you get snow like that that can blow around, Andy, now imagine if you have a foot of it that can blow around. You've seen air currents. You've seen how it works in the roads where, like, five different parts will converge into one. Yeah. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, you have three feet of snow. Now, if you're only traveling at four miles an hour, three feet of snow will probably stop your car. Okay. I concede. Thank you. Aha. So let's see. Well, you were flying around and outrunning a snowstorm. Yes. I was having surgery on my foot. For an ingrown toenail? For an ingrown toenail. Yeah. Actually, not that bad. No? Less painful than the actual ingrown toenail was. <laughs> Did you did you have to get completely put under, or was it just local? No, it's it's local, and in fact, the anesthetic, which I guess is typically the case for most procedures, the anesthetic hurt the most. Yep, that's what normally happens. Yeah, well, because it's anesthetic. Uh, however, it is the part that still hurts the most, because the needle, I think, was about two inches long. They Yeah, they really got to get that in there. Yeah, and they twist it around. They don't just put it in. 
they poke a hole and then they slant the needle and they shove it off to the side. So they're they're like stretching out this hole and they inject it and then they pull out a little bit and then they turn it and shove it in the other side and it hurts and still does. I was supposed Here. to actually have when I uh, stepped on that snowy needle, snowing mm-hmm. that sewing needle. God, I got snow on the brain. Yeah. Brain freeze. Ah ha ha. Ah ha. Um, they were going to give me local anesthetics, and I, I'm like. Yeah, you panic. <laughs> a like, no, 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 thank you. I'm good. I was kind of interested, though, because they were going to use the um, the fluoroscopes. That It's like the, the x-ray that's real-time. The one that you, yeah. are that they always, like, incredibly dangerous? I guess for, because they used to use them all the time at the shoe stores. They would actually, yeah. like. Yeah, they'd play around, like, the kids would play around with them, but, like, yeah. they're intensely radioactive. They, they emit an incredible amount of radiation. Which is why they didn't want me to be um, locally as anesthetic anesthetized yes thank you yeah so i did that um worked on the robot some slept a lot because you didn't have any school to deal with yep until friday and then i had a conference and yeah and then this weekend i i tried red box you mean those vending machine dvd things that are outside of myers and Walgreens and krogers and i just looked up there are 12 in the ann arbor ipsy area I know where four of them are right now in the Kalamazoo well, area like, that I can... Well, let's see. I've actually got used... In the Kalamazoo Portage area, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine of them. There's ones at Meyer. There's ones at Walgreens. Yep. I'm trying to think where the other ones would be. There's a Walgreens on Shaver Road. There's a Walgreens... A second one, I guess, on Shaver Road. They have two. Yeah. Uh, there is a Walmart on Shaver Road. Yeah, you're A way- Meyer on Shaver Road. You're southeast of where we're at, though. Southeast? Oh, wait, no, you're on the north side of Shaver, aren't you? I have no idea. I'm just reading off a list. I'm just thinking of where the Walmart Shaver Road is. There's another Walgreens on West Nedge. You were, yeah, that's you know, pretty good with the pronunciation. West Nedge. A Meyer on West Nedge. Yep. And then there's the Meyer on... Uh, another Main. Walgreens on West Nedge. Yep. West Nedge yeah. and Millam. Yep. So lots of Walmarts and Walgreens and Meyers for you. Mm-hmm. I so, have uh, a lot of Kroger and Meyer over here. So what did you think of the Redbox experience? It is surprisingly convenient, and if Netflix hadn't come up when it did, this would be what's kill- what would be killing Blockbuster. Is it, it's kind of funny that Blockbuster is trying their own, because there's some over here, that, like the Speedway gas stations, that are the Blockbuster Express, yeah, which well, are the Redboxes. Because this would have kicked the traditional model's ass. It's basically, instead of getting the DVDs over the internet, it's a sneaker net, basically. Mm -hmm. Which, sneaker net, for those who don't know, is literally you basically carry around flash drives, and you use your own feet to take it from computer to computer. I was explaining that to our listeners, for those who have never heard the term sneaker net. I've never heard the term sneaker net. You've never heard the term sneaker net? But... Uh, it's. I mean, it's not even that because they are all linked. You, I, I, I've been to three Myers in the last twenty four hours, uh, just because of various things that kept me going out. But I picked this one up at the Bellevue, not Bellevue. Wow, that would have been quite a trip. The <laughs> Belleville Meyer, and I returned it to the Carpenter Meyer. Makes sense. And it, you know, it's a dollar. You get it on your way out. You take it back the next day. I'm just waiting for them to start carrying games because I know that they're going to because it was on the box. <laughs> It was there was a menu option for rent game. 
But that would be a little bit harder, though. Well, it would take more time. It would take more time, but, you know, just rent it out for five bucks for a week or something. Yeah, I could see that. Instead of a dollar a day, and I'd do it. Five bucks for a week? Sure. Most of the games you could get through at least once. Most games you only go through at least once, or only once. Yeah, if that, right? I never finished Ghostbusters. It's sitting here on my desk. Mirror's Edge, I got through 15 minutes of it. (laughs) That is a hard game, by the way. Oh, I could see it, and believe me, it gets horrible afterwards with the people with the guns start showing up. They show up at the beginning. Yes, but there are some where you, when you actually have to start shooting back. Oh, have you played it? No, I've just seen so many reviews where people say the first half is great, the second half sucks. Oh, well, if you ever want to borrow it, it's yours. Okay. Um, <laughs> as we continue to say how bad it is. Um, so <laughs> hey, I, it, so Plan 9 from Outer Space is a bad movie. I still want to go see it. Yep. It was a, it's a brilliant little system. And, uh, you know, if, if Netflix weren't around, it would be Netflix. You know, it's kind of funny. Speaking of sneaker nets, um, somebody had looked at Canada, some of the Canada ISPs were going to start charging people for overage, like some cost per gigabyte or something like that. Okay. It's not on the topics, but I remember seeing it. Um, Somebody had did the math, and they said it was actually cheaper to buy a really expensive um, solid-state hard drive and fill it up with data and then airmail it to somebody, which is normally a turnaround of like 24 hours or something like that, than it would be to download that same information over the ISP if if you hit your overages. (laughs) And it would probably take almost the same amount of time. Yep. Because those solid-state drives can carry, you know, 150 gigabytes. Mm Mm-hmm. Which I think is why they're looking again at their um, overage charges. I think they put that whole plan on hold. I don't know if I were uh, 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 Western Digital or Samsung or anyone else who's making solid states, I'd be like, hey, guess what we just figured out? (laughs) You don't need the internet. You just need airmail. Airmail. Solid states and airmails. There you go. Go to the ISPs. No, no, no. Don't worry about your overage charges. No, they're fine. They're just fine. (sighs) So should we hit topics? That's ridiculous. Yeah, I suppose. Given that you flooded them again. What happened to thinking about going back down to just eight? I tried to cut back. We're now only at 3, 6, 9, 12, 15, 18, 21, 24. We're under 30 now. Right, That's like a minute and a half per topic. <laughs> we just need to cut it down to 25 next time. Some of these are short. It's a minute and a half per topic. Hey, I said some of these are short. I'm trying to think of a short one. Comedy uh, Central yes, is back on Hulu. It's actually not really a short one because we can go on and on and on and on and on about that. Well, it's it's not really just Comedy Central by itself. It's Viacom. So you're talking Comedy Central and um, MTV. Right, but people only are, well, I'm only going to care uh, about the Comedy Central. Yes. After a year of having them not on Hulu, which, side note, they still were on um, Comedy Central's Comedy website. Central, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's one of the reasons that they took it off Hulu, is they wanted to try and do it themselves. Well, now The Daily Show and The Colbert Report are back on Hulu. And Hulu's traffic doubles. Well, that was actually, um, they had pointed out that Daily Show and The Colbert Report were one of the, or two of the uh, site's biggest viewerships. Yeah, oh, absolutely. That's where I watched them. And, the, you know, they're on Comedy Central site, but that site is crap. Well, I, I could see that. It really is. I mean, Hulu, yes, it came from evil people, i.e., News Corps. And NBC Universal. Well, technically now Comcast. now Comcast. Uh, but it was very, very well designed and well done. It's, it's, it is the iPhone slash iPad of online streaming. 
because you can you can easily switch between your video formats. You can make it, it there. It's almost like a Google sort of look where it's just your video it's content. What, yeah, it, it's what you need. So I yeah, I'm kind of excited that the Daily Show and Colbert Report are now back on there because it means I can start watching them again. Well, you could always watch them the other way. You could go to the Comedy Central website and watch them. No, no, I tried. I really did. It did not work well. I, I did not enjoy it. It was not a positive experience. You know what I would love? I was just thinking about this the, multiple times. Because you know how on The Daily Show he always talks about having the guests stay five minutes afterwards and putting the rest up online? Yeah. I have them on the TiVo. If it could tell me ahead of time, hey, there's, extended, yeah, there's an extended interview for this episode. Would you like me to download it? Why, yes. I would love that. And while it's, all the episode is playing, TiVo will go and grab the extended bit. Yep. And then when the interview happens, it will just... Well, I don't know if your TiVo can, but I wouldn't be surprised if you could get an app for it on the Google TVs. Oh, you probably could. That would be nice. And if there isn't an app for that, then Andy, what I need you to do <laughs> is take your new knowledge of Android and go write an app. <laughs> my, my new knowledge of Android is very slim at the moment. Oh, How's that going, by the way? Mm, slowly. Okay. I have another app for you to write. Oh, God. <laughs> Tell you about it later. Okay. You could actually make a, a killing with it, I think. So speaking of online video, Amazon is oh. going to roll out. Well, they, they are thinking this may or may not happen. There's nothing official yet. planning and talking and hinting and testing. Basically their own version of on-demand uh, movies. Netflix. Yeah, their own version of Netflix, minus the discs. Yep. So I, I do it mainly because I have a free year of Amazon Prime anyways. Is it, would it be free for Amazon Prime, or do you have to have Amazon Prime? There, as I was reading this, it's free for Amazon Prime. Basically, it would be another incentive to sign up for Amazon Prime. Oh, it says in here, your Amazon Prime membership now includes unlimited commercial-free instant streaming of 5,000 movies and TV shows at no additional cost. Yeah. Well, there you go. So, that would be another incentive for Amazon Prime, which, by the way, their uh, first one's free, I think, worked. Because the convenience of free two-day shipping is just amazing. Oh, it's so nice. Like, I didn't, I, you know, I'm like, yeah, I'll do it, and then I won't need it anymore, and what, no, no. Two-day shipping is just amazing. <laughs> Amazon Prime is really, really nice. My question is how, I know Amazon's big. Yeah. And Netflix is also big, but Amazon's very small in this whole online streaming video bit. Like, they've got stuff with TiVo. Andy. And that's about it. Andy. Yes. One word. Yes. Starts with a K. Klaxon? No. Second letter is an I. Sounds like Nindle. Kilimanjaro. No. Does Kilimanjaro sound like Nindle? No, but I was thinking of words that start with K-I. Okay. K-I-N. Besides kin and kind. King Kong? And kind. Connect? Kinkos? Nindle. There's a lot of words that start with K-I-N. Yes, there are. <laughs> Except they're all proper nouns. Kin, king. King. King, kin, kind. Anyway. I uh, don't know many others. But the Kindle is text-based. Yes, but that's not my point. My point of bringing up the Kindle is that what you're saying about Amazon and videos is the same thing people were saying about Amazon and books. That they were not the big one, but they got their stuff together. Yeah. They're big enough and inventive enough that they were able to come out with this thing and obliterate what market there was. So if I were Netflix, I would be uh, a little intimidated by this news. Now, as I say, competition is good for a market, but I'd, I'd be scared. I don't think... 
the one thing I think Netflix really Netflix really has going for itself is that it already is able to get to be able to be streamed to so many different platforms. Right. I mean, it, Netflix is established yeah. at this point. Um, but if Amazon really wants to take them head on, it's going to be a fight for uh, the century. Basically, it's going to be insane. And it, what it's going to come down to is who gets the, the movies first. Which that's think, already a fight going on with everybody. Right. But I think Amazon has the the backing. I mean, what what are they going to do if the what are the studios going to do if Amazon goes to them and says we want the movies three weeks before you give them to Netflix or we're not selling your movies? Oh, you think the studio is going to walk away from that and say screw you? You get it because DVD sales, even though they're on the downward trend, are still huge. Yeah. Now, you know, Netflix is in that position right now where they can say, look, we want this stuff early. We're willing to pay this much extra for it. But if you don't, then we're not going to carry you. And they're going to say, OK, we'll go to Barnes and Noble or we'll go to, to Blockbuster or something like that. But they can't just say that to Amazon because where are they going to go? <laughs> Spy? I mean, come on. Yeah, which so, is why probably how um, the video on demand stuff from Comcast and Dish and DirecTV, all the that stuff, is probably well how they're getting all of their um, contracts contracts to get them onto the video on demand stuff first before they gets to Netflix and Redbox yeah, and such. We we won't we won't broadcast it if you don't let us do it. People and Amazon what? has the background to be able to do that. Amazon could come in and say you got to do this or else. Man, there's a lot of like blackmail in the world of business. Yep. I think it's more extortion than blackmail. <laughs> so I'm trying to think. Anyways, to would you next. would you use well? Would you use an uh, Amazon video streaming? Um, Netflix is big because they got there first and they did it well. Yeah, that's the. I mean, that's it. That's where they got all the backing, and that's why they are on all these devices. Is they just they got there first and their system worked. Yeah, I could. Yeah, because Blockbuster came in afterwards with their streaming stuff, and it just it hasn't taken off like Netflix has. Right. Well, they didn't have the infrastructure. No. They saw Netflix doing it and said, okay, that's what we need to do, uh, but they didn't have the time or the resources or the knowledge to set that up. Speaking of Amazon, by the way, yeah, I need to stop buying books on the Kindle. <laughs> I don't even have a Kindle, and I'm buying books on a Kindle. Well, you're buying books for the Kindle app, so whenever you do buy an actual Kindle, you can just easily download them. Yeah, it's actually even more funny than that is that they're all they're being downloaded to a kindle it's not one that i have possession of <laughs> my parents both have kindles and they're all on the same account so makes it really easy to buy a present for like you know mother's day or birthday or something it's like no no just go check your kindle it's already on there so speaking of kindles and ebooks and that sort of stuff oh i gave us a segue yes Damn it. go ahead the daily the Remember? daily yes Rupert, speaking of Rupert Murdoch from earlier. Yep. It has okay. officially launched on the iPad. It's free on the web. Well, yes, but it's only a um, dollar a week or $40 a year. Mm -hmm. The reviews of it have been kind of... Um, Mixed. Yeah. A lot of people are saying this is not the newspaper of the future as it's been quoted in its own application. Or what is it, like <laughs> newspaper of the 21st century or something like that? Yeah. People are like, this is a lot like any other um, news magazine newspaper. that's out oh, there. Poor Rupert. So we'll see. Um, right now, it's free for the first month, most likely because of Verizon and the iPhone. Mm-hmm. Which was record-setting. Yes. The Verizon iPhone has sold out in the first day. Yeah, both they had, units. They had to stop doing the... Because uh, th it's not even on sale yet. This was all just the pre-order stock for people who were already Verizon customers. And this sold out in... Let's just say, this was... Um, in our first two hours, we had already sold more phones than any first-day launch in our history. 
and these initial orders were placed between the hours of 3 a.m. and 5 a.m. Eastern or Pacific? Most likely um, Pacific time because 3 a.m. it would be midnight launch on the West Coast. So Eastern time? Yes. Okay. But still, they had to stop orders at 8, 10 p.m. So 12, 15 hours total they had to stop because they ran out. Yep. Which me the entire time is just thinking when I read this. Um, June's only a couple months away. What's the new phone going to look like? Right. Uh, see, that's what I'm sitting here. Like, you know, Verizon gets the iPhone 4. Great. Did they get the iPhone 5? Is there going to be a price drop on the iPhone 4 on Verizon? Yeah. <laughs> Once the new one comes out? Is Verizon going to be perpetually a year behind AT&T? I don't know, but what I do know is that they're going to start throttling high bandwidth users. Ah, ha, ha. Hey, Andy. <laughs> I don't use my data plan. You use more data than I do. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what my current data plan usage is. I actually switched over to the um, actual cellular data okay. plan for a couple of days when I was on the road. <laughs> the past seven days, I used 1.15 gigabytes of the cellular data plan. Net counter. Past seven days, I've used 700 megabytes of cellular. <laughs> Whoopsies. I just I don't know what it is. There's something on my phone that's using up. I gotta hunt down what it is, but there's no way of telling which. You can tell which apps are using the battery the most on the phone, but there's nothing that tells you which is using yep. the most data connection. So yes, Verizon customers are going to be um, throttled if they use um, too much. In Verizon's words, an extraordinary amount of bandwidth. Wait, that's all they say is an extraordinary amount. Yeah. Do they? Say what that extraordinary amount is? No, let me say word for word what Verizon posted in their PR, press release for this. Verizon Wireless strives to provide customers the best experience when using our network, a shared resource among tens of millions of customers. To help achieve this, if you you use an extraordinary amount of data and fall within the top 5% of Verizon Wireless data users, we may reduce your data throughput speeds periodically for the remainder of your then current and immediately following billing cycle to ensure high quality network performance for other users at locations and times of peak demand. So if you're in the top 5%. Yes. So it's always going to be the top 5% just gets knocked down. I guess so. But there's they don't say when they're going to throttle you. They don't say how much they're going to throttle you. They don't say, they say they're going to throttle you. They don't say what the limit it will be. You don't you don't know where your cap is. So uh, for all of those who just bought the iPhone 4, you might want to go and actually for once read the contract. Because all the iPhone purchases have to have a data plan. Read your contract. God. So who who knows okay. how much that's going to be? But that, I don't know. So what's this about AT and T and billing? Oh, um, a lawyer starting up a. Uh, he wants to turn it into a cl- class action, but he hasn't class become a class. Action. It hasn't been a class action yet. But the attorney set up a test account for an iPhone, closed all of its app, and left the device unused for 10 days. So he set up the phone, closed it down, left it sitting for 10 days. AT&T still billed the account for 2.2 megabytes. Mm. The lawsuit states that AT&T routinely bills for 17 to 14% more data transactions than normally take place. Which, if all you did was just set up the phone and then shut it off for 10 days and still somehow rack up 2 megabytes, that's pretty significant. Yeah. Although we don't know how much, I mean, that 2 megabytes could be setting up the phone. It actually could be that much. (laughs) That seems like a lot just for setting up the phone. Yeah, that is a lot. But still, that's... It, it comes to the question of, we're going to charge you for the data plan. Well, I have to trust you to tell me that... How much I'm using. Yeah. 
which reminds me sort of about the um, the the phone energy bills. Like, but you you kind of have to trust the energy department or the energy company to tell you that it's right. But you can actually go and look out at your own energy meter and read it yourself if you want to double check their numbers. Mm-hmm. You have no way of checking your own numbers with your phone. Yeah. Well, unless you, unless you get an app that we just have both gotten on our phones. Right. But who knows There's if that's app. even right? Well, what are you going to do, Andy? Track every packet that goes out of your phone? That would be a lot. Let's see, 1.5 gigabytes, so 1.5 trillion bytes? Yeah, that's a lot. Right? Mm-hmm. Is it trillion or is it billion? Kilos, thousand, megas, a million, giga would be billion. Yeah, because it's a thousand million. Yeah, 1.5 billion bytes. That's a lot. It's an incredible amount. It's more than 12 million. It's over 9,000. I was trying to go for a segue there, but you went for the internet meme. Too shady. Hey, damn right. I watch DBZ, damn it. I get to use that meme. All right, what 12, what 12 million are you looking at? The hacker who stole $12 million of Zenga poker chips. What? The Facebook game, Zenga Poker. Yeah, which is now on Android, I think. I do believe so. I think it's, is it called Zenga Poker still, or is it something else now? It's something like that. I don't know. What about it? Um, he was able to access the developer server and basically steal 400 billion virtual poker chips from the game. Cool. And he started selling them, and he sold oh, not cool. a portion of them for $86,000. Not cool. Cool for doing it. Not cool what you did with it. <laughs> So he um, he sold around a third of the poker chips, which if you have to buy like, you know, under a hundred billion poker chips in the game, it would be um, right around twelve million dollars. So he stole twelve million dollars of virtual chips. That's impressive. Which it turns out on the black market is only worth about two hundred and ninety-seven thousand dollars. That's still a lot of money. Yeah. God, I can't. Why would you go and sell it? Doing the hack is is one thing. Doing the hack, I mean, you're not really hurting anyone in that case. Oh, darn, I get more poker chips to play with. Right. I mean, it's not like this stuff is, is you don't need, you're not even stealing something material. You're changing information in this case. Yeah. Hell, if I were Zynga, I'd be like, you're hired. Well, he was actually previously... Now fix our security system. He was previously convicted in 2008 for hacking his former employer's website and changing his personal information to receive... $5,600. Okay, yeah, see that right there? That's not cool. No. He was given a 40-week suspended sentence from the court back then, which he now has breached with this case. Ooh. Yeah. But, I mean, why? Yeah, I guess he was trying to uh, wrestle with a gambling addiction is what his defense is. So he's trying to get money to... I mean, he's clearly, clearly talented. Yes. Clearly. And it, it's just so sad to see that talent go to such a waste. Great power comes great responsibility. Don't eat. No. Bad. Bad Andy. And not good pizza. Just bad Andy. (laughs) Oh, that's an old one. God, I'm so glad that's gone now. Google has put up a $20,000 bounty. Yes. For the Pwn to Own contest, the one that we always keep tabs on every year. Chrome is the only browser to get through it without a first day uh, break. Yep. So Google is upping the ante this year and offering $20,000 to someone who can do it. $20,000 of their own money, which is a first for this. Now, normally, it's just one of the other websites is putting up the bounty and the hardware and stuff for the, the contest. But Google is putting up $20,000 of their own money to the first person who can crack but it. But you have to use Google's own code. Well, it actually requires um, two hacks. Because there's a, there's a sandbox mode, which is basically it's run in a virtual machine in Chrome. Mm-hmm. So not only do you have to break Chrome, 
but you have to break the virtual machine that's running Chrome in order to get access to the actual computer. Okay. So that's why they're putting $20,000, because they think this sandbox mode is... Safe. Yeah. But if it can, I say if it can be built, it can be destroyed. Yep. Anything science can create, science can analyze and deconstruct. Mm-hmm. So going from science to art... Some of the more sciences. Come on, does it work? No, but go Arts on. And sciences. Oh, come go on. on, just go. Drop it and go. All right. Google has created a, I guess, a virtual art project. They've taken um, virtual images of some of the famous art museums around the world and all of the pictures inside it. 17 museums, okay. And they have, some of their artwork has also been um, in uh, gigapixel image size. Gigapixel? Gigapixel image size. There's, it's not all of the artwork, but there's just some of the artwork that's actually in that high quality. Okay, that's very, very, very high quality. Yeah, and there are, what is it, over 100,000 high-res artwork images. So you can stroll around certain parts of the museum, view some of them in high-res, and then each one will have... If I were not a math teacher but an art teacher, that would be really, really cool. Because you've got the the Metro Museum of Art, Modern Art, both of those in New York, National Gallery in London. That would be awesome to be able to take my kids through it and just say, you know, like when you see a painting that you want to look at close up, just shout out and just kind of stroll through the museum. Yeah. That would be awesome. German museums, Spanish museums, Palace of Versailles in France. Nice. So if if you want to kill a couple of hours strolling through our museums, this is... Unfortunately, I think I have other things to do with what's, my day. What's really interesting, this was actually started as a 20% project. Really? Yeah. Cool. Should we explain what the 20% project is? I think we have, but... For those who don't remember, it? Google wants you to do something else completely not related to your work for 20% of your time. They you have 80-20 time. 80% of the time you are to work on your assigned task. 20% is for you to work on something else. So whatever you want. Somebody, I guess, wanted to create virtual art museums. Yep. And this is where like tons of stuff from Google Labs came in. I think like, Gmail started out as a twenty percent. Uh, no, I think Gmail was a an actual thing, but I think uh, Google Docs was a twenty percent. Ah, okay. I, I'm pretty sure Gmail was an actual thing. Docs was a twenty percent. But it's, it's lots. Of, I think Google Voice came out as a twenty percent project. Google Voice was uh, Grand Central. Remember? You, yes, you're right. Come really? on, Andy. Yeah, keep up. Oh, too bad they don't have actually have like a list of their twenty percent projects. Who knows? Maybe that's someone else's twenty percent project. <laughs> Wave, I think, started as a twenty percent, and then Google said, this is, "Let's run with this," and then gave it up. <laughs> yeah, good idea, bad execution. Ah, here we go. Some of Google's newer services, such as Gmail, Google News, Orkut, and AdSense, originated from these independent twenty percent projects. Oh, sure enough, Gmail it is. So, what else do we got on here? Oh. Um, those of you who've been following our links for a while have always noticed that we've taken some from Gawker every once in a while. <laughs> Most of them. Yeah. Well, Gawker is now in the process of creating new site design for all of their um, web pages. Kotaku, yep. Gizmodo, Lifehacker, etc. I'm sorry. Yes, which was the first one, which is why I linked to it, because that was the first one that showed up. Um, I don't like it. 
You'll get used to it. I'm I'm sorry, but um, you'll get used to it in have, no time at all. They have the supposedly the um, headlines on the right side, which you have to scroll over. You have to hover over to scroll through them. Mm-hmm. Um, and what really sucks though is they only have the headlines. Yep. So I don't know if I want to read them or not because I've I've been always a fan of the Life Hacker and stuff. Where Life Hacker current I think is currently still in the old mode as of well, the I, recording. I just do the feed reader. I might have to start doing that because I... And it, it, well, it's, it's really nice because you get the title, which is exactly what you get here, and then you get the opening if you want. Which I pay attention more to the opening than to the headline. Yeah. Just throw their feeds on. In fact, Gawker has these really nice features where you can include and exclude tags in the feed. You can get a custom feed. Yeah, I've got, a, uh, I've got some of the ones all together in a custom feed. Yep. So I've got so you can Lifehacker, like, no. Gizmodo, Jalopnik, IO9, and uh, Kotaku are all on one feed for me. Very nice. By the way, I'm a huge fan of the uh, L.A. street crossing for the Oregon Trail. Oh, with the bottle of booze? Or is that... What? I thought it was a bottle of booze. I didn't pay attention that much to a it. A bottle of booze? Someone printed up at, like, uh, some street, whatever street it was, crossing. Let me go up there. La, 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 la. Oh, it's Kotaku. a Kotaku link. It is. It just takes me to Kotaku. <laughs> Link fail. Link definite fail. Oh, crap. I accidentally closed out the Ari podcast window. Good job. I'm flying blind. Oh, the, <laughs> the Golden Gate toll booths. Yes. Well, we're talking about... Oh, link fail again. What? My link is broken for the Golden Gate article. Nope, nope. There it goes. It failed the first time. It's there now. Never mind. My bad. Something happened. But they're going to lose the uh, toll booths that have been there for, I think, since the beginning almost. And they're going entirely to a electronic pay, kind of like the, the fast pass that we've got over yep. here, or the I-pass or whatever it is. Easy pass. Easy pass, yes. That's the one that goes from Massachusetts all the way to Chicago. Do you know you could do that? You could actually get one pass and take I-80 all the way from yeah, we, we have that pass. We have the easy pass. Ah. It's really nice when you're driving down to Virginia. So um, those who don't actually have the I, the, the pass will actually have they'll have cameras that can recognize license plates and, and it'll connect to bill. yep it will connect to the DMZ find out who owns it and will mail that person a bill for the five dollars to cross the bridge hmm. I didn't know it was that expensive to drive across the Golden Gate Bridge how expensive is it to drive across the Ambassador Bridge not five dollars I think it's only like two fifty the question is how much does it cost to cross the Mackinac Bridge that'd be a more easy comparison. I don't know. It's been years since I've been across that bridge. Personally, don't really care. Not planning on crossing that bridge. <laughs> You're not going to cross that bridge if you come to it? Yeah, well, the, the real thing is I don't think I'll ever come to it, so not going to worry about it. If I do come to it, I'll cross it. Okay. But not till then. All right. So we're trying... So, what, what go on. No, 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 go ahead. Go, go, go. I, uh, I was going to just kind of gloat about Android. Being number one? Being number one. The phone that, you know, Andy said would never exist in the first place... Well, okay, Android, the Google phone and the Android operating system are two completely different things. Except for all the phones that say with Google. Yeah, they're all, but this is keeping track of um, multiple, this is saying Android's still number one because it's across multiple different platforms. Mm -hmm. But I'm kind of surprised that Nokia and their Symbian handsets are actually at number two at 31%. Yeah, but all these numbers are are conflicting. I mean, I've seen things that say uh, the iPhone is still way ahead, that Nokia is way ahead, that Blackberries are way ahead. Well, this is, it all depends on your sample set. This sample set says worldwide that Android is now at number one at 32.9 million shipped devices. Cool. And Nokia shipped 31 million, so... God, I can't believe it only arrived two years ago. Yep. A uh, little more than that now. 
We're up to about 30 months. And look at how far it's come. <laughs> We're all the way up to H. Which, speaking of honeycomb, it's not actually going to be on the phone. I know, which is sad. Except that uh, I'm sure it will be ported over to a phone. They will, you know, all the, the open source community will steal the best parts and move them onto a, the phones. Which everybody is saying is the, um, the first part that they're going to want to take is data encryption. Yes. Because Honeycomb nice. can do a system-wide password-protected encryption of all the data stored on the phone. That would be nice. That would be very nice. That way, somebody can't just go and steal my SD card out of my phone. Yep. i got to tell you, I am kind of tempted to just go and get a Nook, root it, and put Honeycomb on it. Aren't you going to wait for Honeycomb to, you know, officially come out, rather than just be in development stages? Well, I'll just update it when it comes out. Just like I do with my... I mean, like, I'm almost ready to throw gingerbread on this thing. I wonder when I can throw gingerbread on. Well, have you rooted? No. Then you can't. I know. Until T-Mobile comes out and says, here you go. Or you could root your phone and put it on, well, actually right now, but I'm waiting for them to get out of the release candidates. Hmm. Actually, I'm waiting for them to get to the release candidates. <laughs> there are nightly builds right now. Oh. There's a reason say, why... Yeah, well, they say that they're working. Well, yeah, but if you think about it, the nightly builds for Firefox are called Minefield for a yeah. reason. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes they just upload, and then it just stops working, and you're like, oh, crap. I'll just wait a bit and um, get a new one when the next yep. version comes out, because that just blew up in my face. Yep. Oh, what really blew up in the face of Microsoft. Oh, this oh. was on Wait, Wait this morning. Yeah, this was on uh, Colbert Report a couple of days ago, but... Um, it seems that how this all started was originally that um, Google uh, started correcting typographical errors in search terms and such, and um, that team is also monitors the rival performance at the same time. It's, it's a QA sort of thing for Google's search, and also they keep tabs on everybody else's. So um, typos that Google could correct um, would lead to search results based on the correction, but the team noticed Bing would also lead to those search results without saying it had corrected the typo as well. So they're like, something's a little odd here that Google is uh, somehow how fixing Bing's search results. So Google decided to basically set up a sting. So they sting set the it. Bing. Yeah, they they stung the Bing. Sting set up a sting for Bing. That's a sleeper. They created a one-time code that would allow it to manually rank a page for a single certain item. So then it connected those to a highly obscure search term such as hijbbprqag. H i y b b p r q a g, which that returned this uh, seat results, I guess, for some stadium. And then later, Bing. Somehow, if you typed that into the Bing search results, it would come back with the same exact result. result. So, um, Oops. Yeah. What was really great was the uh, fact that there was a Bing like press conference or something that was going on on Tuesday. And this came out on Monday. So a lot of the Q&A at the big Bing promotion was about, how come you guys are stealing Google search results? <laughs> We're not stealing Google. So there has been, both Bing has said, we're not doing it. Google says, yes, you are. So it doesn't yeah, know. Copying is not innovation. No. Quote. So, yeah. That's awful. Man, and how could you be that? Ah, why is this episode full of people doing idiotic things? Because <laughs> the world is an evil, evil place. I guess so. Except that now Colbert and Stewart are back on the Hulu. The Hulu. Oh, God. Andy, it's happening. Did you just call it the Hulu? I called it the Hulu. Oh. I'm losing my mind. 
One thing you don't have to worry about is the fact that there's going to be no 3DS Lite. Really? Yeah. Oh, you, you know what? Bullshit. They said they had take they had taken all they learned from the, the DS and the DS Lite, and they put it into the 3DS, so they have, quote, don't have any short-term plans for creating a more compact version of the Nintendo 3DS. Fine. I'd then ask them to define short-term. <laughs> Do you have no plans in developing this in the next 24 hours? I'd believe that. In the next two years? No. Bullshit. No, don't buy our product because we're going to make a much smaller version in just about a year and a half. Yeah, no company's going to say that. I don't know how much smaller you could make it, though. Who's the idiot who asked that question? Um, it was during a recent Iowa Iwata ask. I- Iwata? Iwata. Is that the guy's name? Yes. It was during the, when somebody was interviewing the Nintendo president, so. Yeah. N- no. <laughs> you do not just go out and ask. Well, that was everybody's concern was going, okay, so when does the 3DS Lite come out? It'll come out. Or it'll be the 3DSi or something like that. They'll come out with something. <laughs> Meanwhile, Sony still hasn't released the price point for the NGP. Which, there's a nice little piece about some pros and cons of the NGP, which... Um, the first con is that it's not a phone. I'm like, yeah, that's... <laughs> that would be indeed a con. Yeah, because I do have to say, I am using my phone as a handheld gaming device. Yes. Oh, have to... oh, there's... Oh. What, what, is, what was it called? Ah, damn it. I have to go look it up again. Hang on, hang on. Galcon. G-A-L-C-O-N. What is this Galcon? It's a multiplayer game on the phone. Okay. It, it's real-time risk if you will. It looks like it's an Asteroids. I know it. that's what it looks like, but it's not. It plays much more like Risk than Asteroids. Okay. Get it. Does it cost money? No. Mm, then I, I don't probably. think so. Oh, maybe it does. <laughs> yes, it does. It's like two bucks. I don't care. Get it. Why? So then I could play against people I don't know? Or against people you do. Okay, says the person who resigned from our last Word Feud game. Uh, the only reason I resigned from that is because I didn't play it, because I was getting tired of Word Feud and didn't have time to come up with a good enough word. <laughs> I think my hand was A-I-I-O-I-A. My first hand had a Q, a Y, a Z, and an X. Ouch. But Andy, that spells Quizix. <laughs> That's like a 40-point word. Quizix is not a word. Says who? Says the official dictionary when I was trying to figure out what word to spell at the very beginning. <laughs> nice. It was kind of funny where you shuffled your hands, and I'm looking at my hand and going, oh, God, I got to do this, too. Yep. So I, no, I, I just gave up at that. I'm like, screw it. <laughs> well, that's what happens. You told me to get these games. I'm like, okay, I'm going to start playing. And I start oh, playing. Word Feud is free, and I'm sure you're still playing with Bry. No, I think I accidentally um, forgot to play over the weekend when I was traveling. Oh, and you resigned that game too, huh? Most likely. I think I've resigned all the games, and nobody has requested a new game from me. So, yeah, let's see. I probably have lost all of them waiting for Word Feud to load. <laughs> I love how the ad has already loaded, but the game nice. has not. Kilogram. Yes. The International Consortium of Big-Headed Scientists, or whatever they've called themselves. The people who decide what a kilogram is. Uh, they are considering redefining the kilogram. Which they have to, because the kilogram is based off of just this lump of metal that has been in France since the start of the kilogram. Yeah, and this lump of metal has changed size? Yes. They don't know if the official lump has gotten smaller or if the other lumps have gotten heavier, because there's some backup lumps, so they're not sure which one ah, to... Um, they just know that they are no longer the same. Yes. Okay. So they're trying to create a kilogram based off of either Planck's constant or... Oh, God. Yeah, other, see this... I can't think of the other guy's... It is Avogadro's? Like, yes, Avogadro's constant. Okay. Yeah, see, this is what's stupid. So... That um, we have something that's so... I mean, like, that it can change. 
Did well, we they, all just get heavier? Did we all gain weight? Well, since the kilogram got smaller, yes, we did. But um, they're trying to make it so it's something that's a constant, so it will not change in the future. Yeah, I think that would be a good idea. So this is what they're trying to do. Right, but right now, though, um, they, have two different, they have two different ways of getting it. The Planck's constant or Avogadro's number. Yeah, we should remind people kilogram is a measure of mass, not weight. It is, isn't it? Yeah, I keep on forgetting that. Because if it was a measurement of weight, then a kilogram in France would be a very different size of the same material and same density than a kilogram at the top of Everest. Anyway, the, um, the two numbers are off. Yeah, which is causing a bit of problems. <laughs> So um, both of them are accurate to around 30 parts per billion, which... Um, kind of close enough for government work, wouldn't you say? Yeah, but they, they want to have it be absolute. So their idea was to actually just average the two of them. Okay, <laughs> sure. Why not? I just see that. I'm thinking, like, you're just trying to avoid the fight, aren't you? Yes, they are. All right. We should probably get through the rest of these quickly. Yeah, but, uh, what else do we got here? Um, the FCC wants to get rid of the Verizon case because they said they filed the case even before the rules became enacted. And Verizon said, <laughs> that doesn't matter. We still we knew what you were going to do, and we didn't like it, so we filed early. Yeah. Uh, as a as the judge, I'd say, yeah, it doesn't really matter that they filed it preemptively. As long as everything they listed in the suit actually came to pass. But it hasn't came to pass yet because it hasn't been enacted yet. So things probably could, quote unquote, still change or something. But Well, but, I mean, that's fine because the court would have to order that this needs to change before it gets enacted. I, still just so I see Verizon fighting the new net neutrality laws. And I'm thinking, you guys got away with a lot of stuff with these new net neutrality laws. Yeah, well, I mean, really. And you still be, want to try and fight it? It's Don't be greedy. Just take your cake and say thank you. Um, people are using the Princess Leia hologram scene from Star Wars to that, demo this holographic television. This really cool, and everyone should watch it because it is pretty damn amazing. The future I, is now, people. I looked at it, and I was completely underwhelmed. Just, just saying, I was well, just... That's fine. I would actually have to see it in person in order to say how cool Don't care. it is. It's cool. Don't care. Um, EMI has got a new owner. You think some other record label or something, but it's actually um, Citigroup. Citigroup, the liquidating company? Uh, They're just the, I don't know, but it's owned by a bank now. (laughs) Okay. And a a Citigroup insider said the bank had little interest of keeping a hold of EMI. So most likely... selling it to someone else or they're just liquidating? I don't know, but either way, there now basically (laughs) really isn't any British record label left. Okay. Uh, what's this about APNIC? APNIC? Where's that? A-P-N-I-C from I-A-N-A, the slash eights. Oh, um, this press release is officially the end of IPv4. Okay. Oh, that's right. Everything's allocated. Yep. These last two blocks were sent out, which set into motion the stuff that was already prearranged for all the rest of the IPv4 address spaces. So everything has been officially sent out. There are there- still IPv4 spaces for each area of the world but there's no more ipv4 that has been yeah everything's been the warehouse is empty everything's already been shipped out to the stores thank god we have ipv6 um unfortunately it's not far enough yet well some comcast uh people are already able to be switched you can ask to be switched to ipv6 already if you want to cool comcast is already doing test runs you just have to go and ask cool see if you can be part of the test run Yep. Um, I don't use Comcast. A lot of people who listen do. Yep. 
Um, you got to be careful about your Facebook statuses and everything because it seems some of them are starting to be used in the court of law. Not oh. not um, federal courts yet, but still like civil courts and that such. Because a, um, a one case, a lawyer uh, used photos and comments made by a race car driver who was suing the owners of a track to prove that an injury he sustained on the track um, killed his quote-unquote enjoyment of life. And he shows all the smiling photos of him taken during trips after the accident and other comments made by the driver mm. from his Facebook page. Saying, like, well, clearly we didn't destroy it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, be careful what you post on Facebook, especially if you're currently um, suing somebody. Or planning on suing someone. Yeah, or planning on suing somebody. Granted, if you really want to try and screw over somebody, just look unhappy in your Facebook photos and write things about how much you hate your life now that the accident happened. Yep. Um, There's conflicting arguments right now about if gamers are better or worse drivers because they play video games. Once there's one study from the University of Rochester say that they do and there's another one from you know there's I've heard things now about how people talking on the phone can be better for drivers cuz it keeps you awake. So I really don't know what to believe. Just concentrate on your driving. Yeah. I love how the one that said they didn't compared titles grouped gamers who play Grand Theft Turismo and Grand Theft Auto. I don't see those two groups being the same group of gamers. No, 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 no. Because <laughs> Grand okay, Theft Auto, I don't care if my car is crashed. Grand Turismo, I care yeah. about the camber of my front wheels. <laughs> it's, Grand Theft Auto, you actually try to crash the car. <laughs> yeah. Um, people are comparing free music with ads to actually paid downloads from iTunes. Okay. Um, PAX free East is paying about as much. Yeah. PAX East announced their uh, keynote speaker. Keynote. Jane McGonigal. She was actually on the Colbert Report this week. Well, Which last I'm week. going to go to Hulu as soon as this is over and watch. Yeah. So uh, she's an author and, and video game designer and activist. Yep. And there's also an interview with Koo. All of us who know if Koo from If you don't Penny know Arcade. who Koo is, you should go read this interview. Since there still hasn't been any sort of Koo and A. At Who is is the power behind Penny Arcade? With all respect to to Mike and Jerry, Gabe and Tiger, they're great guys. They do what they do, and they do it very well. Without Koo, they would not be doing this. Think of. Um Gabe and Tycho as the Queen of England and Koo as the Prime Minister. Yep. It's a very and odd MTV analogy. And Games is shutting down, which, no surprise, they just sold off Harmonix, which was going to be their biggest income. So Viacom said, yeah, um, we're not good at this whole console gaming, so we're going we're gonna to shut Excellent. down MTV Games. Good stage right. Yes. So our game for this week, we actually had the same one. Dave? <laughs> Katamari Damashe. Damashi? Damashi? Damashi. Damashi. Katamari, well, okay, technically Katamari Damashi. Damashi. But in English, it's Katamari Damashi. Okay. This game came out on the PS2 originally, and then came out on the PSP, and I think there was one that got released on the Xbox 360. Yep. Amazing game. You, you start out small, and basically you have like a roll You're of big. duct tape that you just, or like a rubber band ball, where you just keep on adding it, well, to it, and the, it gets bigger it's gold, and bigger. It's the egg of the gold mute, right? Where it just keeps getting bigger, because more people keep touching it, and everyone gets sticky. Sure. I've never heard that story before. What? The goose that lays the golden egg? One person touched it and got stuck to it, the next person touched that person and got stuck to it? <laughs> You that never sucks. heard that, sir? No, I never have. Wow, you poor deprived child. Um, but it, it was brilliant because it was so different than any other game in its control scheme and in its... I mean, when it came out, we talked about, man, can you imagine the sales pitch for that? <laughs> I want to design a game where you're this little thing, and when you touch other things, you grow. 
<laughs> and t- the object of the game is to literally roll everything up in a giant a, ball. Yeah. Like you start out, you know, one centimeter and you start picking up erasers and candy and bugs off the ground and then you get bigger and eventually you're rolling up people and you get bigger and you're eventually rolling up small houses and then at the very end you're rolling up islands. Hey, I got to the point where I was rolling up continents and the the weather. Oh yeah. I'd have like a hurricane rolled up. Oh God, the music too. That one just that that was the icing on the cake. Was that, yeah, it was brilliant because it was the same theme in different styles. Yeah, I remember one time I was playing it after class, and I think this was when I was working at Meyer, and so I was working third shift. I went to class and I was playing it afterwards, and then I accidentally fell asleep, <laughs> and so it was playing the first theme, which is the um, opening. It's the title screen theme, basically, over and over again. And I think um, I annoyed my brother, <laughs> who I was living with at the time. But I didn't think about it because t- it was it was fine. I was like, hey, hey, I like this song. And then I fell asleep, and then it just kept on playing over and over and over again. So oh. I have to get the version for the 360 at some point. Oh, we're not supposed to sing. No. Got it. What was it called? Katamari? Katamari. Uh, I, I heart Katamari. I love Katamari. I don't know. Something like we that. We love Katamari. Me and my... love Katamari. <laughs> There's literally a Wikipedia article that's just music of the Katamari Damashi series. Wow. All right. So what is the random topic, Andy? The random topic is... Let me get my note out again. What do you do to entertain yourself when you are bored in class? What Peach. do you... I was thinking of this as um, when we were taking classes in college. Oh, played World of Warcraft. What else? <laughs> I did that once or twice, but I just – I would do things like fish. Nothing that was too important. Oh, darn. I yeah. missed a fish. Yeah. Shucks. <laughs> I went on 40-man raids. No. I fished. I gathered herbs. I went, of- actually, what I did was I was the auction house. Did a lot of that, especially with the uh, – mods and add-ons that would do all of the auction house automated stuff yep. or go oh, hey this is being sold under cost yes i'd like to buy it and then resell it yep thank you uh, okay so the second part of this question is what did you do if you did not have access to an electronic device cried well there was times in elementary uh, school uh, that we didn't have yeah well we're still talking about in college uh in all honesty i'd usually try and flirt with a girl near me well, what about in high school? Talked with friends behind the teacher's back. Mm. Or reading class. I did a lot of reading in class. I was an awful student. I, being on the other end of it, I recognize that. My, uh, one of the oddest things I ever did was actually teach myself how to do math in other bases. Ooh. So I did. I learned how to do it in binary. And then um, I think Mrs. Tripp taught me uh, hex base counting. Cool. And so I learned how to do all the addition and subtraction and multiplication. So if you gave me two binary numbers, I could add them together and then tell you what the uh, result was. Adding in binary is actually relatively easy because you're just carrying the ones. Yeah. When you start when you start getting to multiplying binary numbers, it's a little. I I had to teach myself how to do it. Mm-hmm. You want how you multiply in binary? Convert it into base ten. Multiply, <laughs> convert it back to binary. But that was the easy route. I wanted to know how to do it, just staring at it. And then um, there was always some doodling I used to do, which were um, you would take a, a you just write like letters on a grid, mm-hmm. and then you would color the grid like a, a checkerboard. So one square would be blank, the other square would be black. And then when you hit a letter, you would flip it. You would so flip the letter or you'd flip the coloring? You'd, you would, the, the letter would be the opposite color of the background. So ah. le- the letter would be a reverse checkerboard. Okay. If the background was white in that square, then the letter would be black. But then the next square over, it would be white because it's the letter now. Interesting. Yeah. I had interesting designs with that because it makes you look like you're 
really writing something down, but you're basically just filling in squares. Mm-hmm. We were terrible students. I wasn't bored that often in class. I was. I was just, just class was interesting. Homework was not interesting though. <laughs> <laughs> that was my downfall. Mm. Go be a teacher. You'll learn to appreciate it. Uh, you know, here, I remember being in college and I'd be like, oh man, doing my student teaching and my poor students, they hate doing their homework. I was just, I gotta tell them like, you guys have no idea what's coming, do you? It's just, this is nothing compared to what you have to put up with in college. Now that I actually work at a school, college was nothing compared to the homework I get in high school. <laughs> I explained this to my students. I'm like, guys, I'm not doing this for my benefit. I'm not giving you the homework because I'm mean and nasty and sadistic. For every one paper I give you, I get 150 papers back. Let's think about that. I do not like giving homework. I do it because I know it's helpful to you guys. Whether you know it or not, doesn't matter. Mm. Anyways. Alright, I have to go soak my foot. Because it's all gross. Grade some papers. And grade papers. Have fun watching the Super Bowl. Who do you think is going to win? Um... What are you talking about, Dave? This is, episode is coming out after the Super Bowl. Didn't I'm you watch aware the game? of that, so we'll be able to find out immediately from our listeners whether you are right or wrong. Who do you think is going to win? I haven't been paying attention. I, I know it's the Packers and the Steelers, but beyond that, I have no clue. All right, Packers actually- are safe to win by just a little bit, and I say uh, if for no other reason than it was snowing in the stadium, Packers will win. I'll have to go for the Steelers then. Really? Just well, because I'm going for the Packers? Exactly. I see. There we go. <laughs> <laughs>